Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. Live rolling on a football Friday. On today's show, Adam Schefter reporting the league is not placing Antonio Brown on the commissioner's exempt list. How soon until AB debuts on the playing field? Jameis Winston outdueled Cam Newton on Thursday night football. Find out why, just two games into the season, one of our analysts already proclaims the Panthers are done. And our Sunday showcase features the Saints and Rams in an NFC title game rematch. We'll dissect it position by position and what should be a high-scoring battle royale. So, yeah, week two. Let's go. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Field Yates, Damian <laughs> Woody, Rob Dinkovich, I'm Susie Culver. So, with all that enthusiasm, what do you say we start with the latest chapter in the Antonio Brown saga? The NFL will not place the new Patriots receiver on the commissioner's exempt list at this point. Sources told Adam Schefter, making him eligible to play Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Now, this comes in the wake of the civil suit brought against Brown. To recap, Brown's former trainer, Brittany Taylor, has accused the Patriots wideout of three incidents of sexual assault. Brown has denied all of those allegations. The NFL began its investigation earlier this week. Taylor is also planning to meet with league officials next week. Yesterday, Brown had this on Instagram Live taped at the TB12 Therapy Center. The devil going to try to bring you down when you get closer to your goals. The key is, don't let him. Now I was thinking about it. All the basketball players in the world, all the soccer players in the world, they get love and embrace. Maybe we need a football USA team so the world can love us. Because all we get is hate. ESPN NFL Nation Patriots reporter Mike Reese is in Foxborough with the team. Our eyes and ears there. Mike, what's the latest from the head coach? Susie, the NFL isn't placing Antonio Brown on the commissioner's exempt list. And now the question is if Bill Belichick places Antonio Brown on the field Sunday against the Dolphins. Brown went through his third practice with the Patriots on Friday. And predictably, Belichick was tight-lipped with his intentions. Bill, are the plans to have Antonio Brown play on Sunday? Uh, we'll do what's best for the team, Mike. Will it be best for the team to have Antonio play on Sunday? Yeah, well, we're determined that. I mean, I'm not going to hand out a copy of the game plan here. We'll do what we think is best for the team. Obviously, he's not not familiar with our offense. The systems that he's been in have been, you know, quite different. John's as a you know the West Coast offense, which there's very little carryover. Similar thing in Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, he's working hard to pick it up, and we're working hard to get it to him. Momentum seems to be building for Brown to play. I asked receiver Philip Dorsett if he thinks that's a realistic possibility, and he said he thinks so because of how hard he's worked. And safety Deron Harmon added he's doing everything the right way. Susie? 
Okay, more from Mike in just a bit. Now, let's establish that all three of our analysts have been part of the Patriots organization and the Patriot way at some point in their careers, emphasizing the amazing longevity of the Belichick-Brady dynasty. Rob, Damian, and Field all won Super Bowls in New England, but never crossing paths the same year. With that insight, let's say that he plays. It sure sounds like they're leaning that way. What do you believe the impact could be like right away? Here, here we are, week two. I don't, you know, I don't expect it to be a bang. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's coming into a complex offense with different verbiage. I, I look at it as a, as a situation where give him a small sample size, you know, a couple things that they might want him to specifically just do. Or Tom Brady might tell him, listen, I need you to run this route. It's just really hard. It's, it would be really hard for us to expect Antonio Brown to come, this, come into this game and absorb that type of playbook, uh, playbook that they have in New England. So we've seen players the Patriots have acquired in recent years at the midseason trade deadline or you know some other way during the season. Mm-hmm. And they haven't had a full training camp. And we've seen guys like Josh Gordon come in and play a little bit uh, after he was traded for a couple of seasons ago by New England. So I think what I'm getting at is that would I expect a full complement of snaps, Susie? Probably not. But could he make a major impact? My answer is yes because of his ability, the opponent he's playing this weekend, and the circumstances surrounding Antonio Brown right now. Players have often talked about how the football field can be their safe haven, can be their release from everything else that they are dealing with in their life. And obviously what has been accused uh, are against Antonio Brown. It's, it's deplorable acts if they are proven true. For him, this might be his chance to sort of insulate himself from everything else that's going on in his life right now and prove that on the football field he is the player that we have known him to be for quite some time, which is arguably the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. And that, and that playbook is thick. It's like a phone book, right? So I, I wouldn't put it past them to give him maybe a card, right, and just say, hey, Antonio, one, five. And he says, oh, snag. I got a slant. I got to go. And somebody's just saying, okay, until he gets this whole thing down, just keep it real small like you said, Keep the, keep the plays down s- simple. The hard part's going to be the signaling. When you go to no huddle and everyone's got to be on the same page and Tom's giving out a signal or the defense changes and, look, we're going to run a slant and it, he gives a signal, that's where you're like, okay, well, what was that? What is this? What's, what's this? What's that? What's this? What's all the ling- What's the sign language here on all the plays? Not that this needs any more distraction, but since you guys obviously you've traveled with the team, you know what it's like. That's where his house is. Is there any point that he is not with the team, at the team hotel, traveling with the team? It's a great point. You know, the idea that, you know, Miami would be a place that's familiar to him. There are distractions built into Miami compared to maybe some other cities uh, that they could be traveling to. My guess would be this, you know, by it's five days into the Antonio Brown uh, era with the Patriots. It seems like he has largely been basically at the facility at the TB12 Performance Center and whatever hotel he is likely staying in for temporary housing. It feels like he has been very much on the straight and narrow within the confines of the Patriots. Wouldn't surprise me if on Saturday that's sort of the, the – that's the task. Hey, There's always a here. curfew now. So any, yeah. any away game, there's curfew. So Let me tell you something. and You, you know this. You go to these cities like Miami, <laughs> D.C. You're staying you, far you, away you, from the city, you though. You usually get there really late, but then you go play in Green Bay and Buffalo. You All of a sudden, you're there like at, at the crack. You know, you're there in the morning. Saturday morning. So, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be planned, it'll be planned out. Right, Mike Reese be in the locker room today. I have reaction from players as well. We'll have that for you later in the show. So meantime, the Dolphins 
What's going on field with Minka Fitzpatrick? Chris Mortensen reporting that Miami has given the former first round corner slash safety permission to seek a trade. And basically he has made it clear he wants out does Minka Fitzpatrick, a first round pick in 2018, Susie. A guy whose incredible versatility was one of the hallmarks of his game, but he has been disappointed by the way that the Dolphins have utilized him in a couple of different roles this preseason. So look for him to eventually be moved on from because teams will come calling on Minka Fitzpatrick. Patriots and Dolphins, part of a stacked early window Sunday. So let's get into Sunday's early leads as we dig into some of the biggest injuries and storylines heading into Sunday's matchup field. Seahawks-Steelers, what's Juju Smith-Schuster's status? It was a little bit of injury to insult late last Sunday night as he banged up that toe against the Patriots. He was upgraded to a full participant in practice on Thursday. He should play on Sunday in a massive game for the Steelers at home. Damian, Cards-Ravens. We'll get the better of the Kyler Murray-Lamar Jackson matchup. Yeah, I think it's uh, Lamar Jackson. Listen, it's, it's, it's going to be a handful for a lot of teams uh, to prepare for the Ravens offense because of the diversity that they bring uh, from a scheme standpoint. And then you add a Hollywood Brown on the outside. Boy, it's going to be a show. That was crazy, wasn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Rob, does Washington's defense have the answer to stop Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott? No, no. Has anyone stopped them so far? So... You know, you look back at, at what they did week one against the Eagles, and, and they had 116 yards rushing against them. The Redskins did, and last year, you know, last in the league in run, run defense. So I think it's going to be a big day for the, for the Dallas Cowboys in running. Field, what's Joe Mixon's status as the Bengals host the Niners? Yeah, you know, Susie, uh, questionable, but this one feels like it's closer to doubtful than it would be the old probable designation. No practice on Wednesday or Thursday for Joe Mixon. Left week one with an ankle issue. If he does not play, Giovanni Bernard, a natural candidate to step in and fill in. He has been a very capable player for the Bengals for quite some time. Rob, does the Chiefs passing game have enough firepower to overcome the loss of Tyreek Hill starting Sunday in Oakland? Yes, they do. And my most exciting fantasy pickup was Sammy Watkins. Let's go. And they also picked up LaShawn McCoy, who I've played against, and I know that he could be a big-time player. And Andy Reid will get him out in space against those linebackers. Damian, Packers offense off to a sluggish start last week. How will they fare against the Vikings defense? I think it's going to be more of the same. Listen, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you want to run the ball uh, to establish that play-action pass where you're going against this Vikings uh, defensive front. They're they're really stout against the front. And uh, their Packers offensive line is going to be in a lot of trouble with that Vikings pass rush. And we're going to talk about the Vikings offense when Kirk Cousins joins us live at the top of the hour. So we can look forward to that. Just getting rolling here on NFL Live. Back on NFL Live, week two kicked off last night with a battle in the NFC South. Bucks Panthers each fighting for their first win of the season. Time now for our Thursday night theater. A lightning delay lasted 24 minutes and 10 seconds. And we are ready to go. Dropping deep at though. Winston throws the deep ball down the far sideline. Receiver. And a great catch by the Buccaneers. Mike Evans, his biggest catch of the season. And the Bucs are in business. And throws toward the end zone. It is a caught ball. Godwin's got a touchdown catch against Carolina. Bucks take the lead. Here is the snap play action fake. Thole Winston under the pressure. Puts the ball out. Got to receive. It's almost intercepted by Luke Keekley. Keekley will intercept that ball 49 times out of 50. Winston hands the ball off. And Barber up the middle to the 10. 3-2. One. He's got a Tampa Bay touchdown. A running play to Barber. Safe. Taken down in the end zone. A safety for short. Luke Keekling. That's a huge one there in a five-point game to cut it down to three. It's fourth down in half a yard. The snap to Christian. That's reverse. a double reverse. And he's still got the ball running. He's going to be knocked down at the one-yard line. And did he get the first down? I don't think so. The pin 
Jones on the spot of the football. It's Bucks ball. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have stopped the Carolina Panthers. We thought we could we could at least get the first down, and unfortunately we didn't. Coach puts the ball in my hands at the end of the game and blew it, so it's my fault. Take that one. It's time for me to look myself in the mirror and, you know, do some real soul searching because I had opportunities tonight and um, I didn't get it done. Defending every blade of grass, and that's what we talk about all the time is it's not over till it's over. History suggests the Panthers are in trouble. The current playoff format started in 1990, and since then, Carolina is the 18th team to start 0-2, with both losses coming at home. Of the previous 17 teams, only one, the 2003 Eagles, rebounded to make the playoffs. So you're telling me they have a chance? A chance, a sure. Chance. I like your optimism, Suze. Biggest takeaways. Let's start with the 0-2 Panthers. Something just doesn't look right with Cam, whether it's the throwing shoulder or the ankle. He's had five rushes in two games. For you, what's the biggest concern right now? Well, listen, what, what, what has made Cam unique throughout his career is the, the fact that not only is he a thrower but a runner of the football. The way they use design runs to utilize Cam's unique athletic ability and what we've seen from the, uh, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers offense over the past two weeks is they don't, they don't, they're not even trying to utilize Cam Newton. And that just tells me that this guy's not right. Because if you're not utilizing that aspect of his game, he's not scaring anyone. No one's scared of Cam Newton throwing the ball because he's never been an accurate quarterback. So if that aspect of his game is not there, the Carolina Panthers are in big, big trouble. You know, one of the things about having a quarterback that can run, which compromises you defensively, mm-hmm. is it makes it very difficult to play man coverage. Because if you play man coverage, that means that the quarterback is unaccounted for as a runner. If he's not running like he's accustomed to, defenses have much more ability to diversify their schemes, and they have the ability to tee off on the quarterback with rushers, as we saw last night. Shaq Barrett, three sacks. He got he had to send a Christmas card. I got, one, I got one other point as far as Cam Newton is concerned. I think Cam Newton is, is the equivalent of a running back. And what I mean by that is the wear and tear, the wear and yeah. tear that running backs get, I think we're seeing that with Cam Newton right before our eyes right now. He's taking – for all the spectacular things he's done as far as running the football, he's, it's, you're seeing it unfold right now, the wear and tear of those hits. And any time we played Cam Newton, we said, look, let him beat us with your arm, not with your legs, because he was so talented. And then there's also some guys that have all the talent in the world. There's guys that have to work really hard at themselves, right, to work on their crafts for their techniques. Like myself, I had to be a technician. So as you get older, you rely on your technique. For Cam, you know, maybe maybe his athletic ability is fa- failing and, and he doesn't have the technique. And to that point, too, in the offseason, he was working on trying to change his mechanics because he wants to save that technique. arm. So technique, now, now he's got that in his head, too, in addition to just being generally mm-hmm. beat up. Well, and, and here's the thing. When you're, when you're rehabbing, guess what you're not doing? Getting better at your craft. Yeah. So when you're hurt and you have the array of injuries that, that Cam Newton has, he's not, get, he's, he's not being able to get better at, from where he was last year when he had probably his best year throwing the football. So, again, I, I think looking back, at that, looking, looking back yeah. at that game, I think the Carolina Panthers are done. So it could be mental throwing shoulder, too. Like, you think about that. That's – your livelihood right. is your it's, throwing shoulder. It's a lot to think about. So mm-hmm. you mentioned Shaq Barrett. So let's yeah. give a little credit here to the Bucks D. Definitely. And they've talked about this season wanting to forge a new identity. Mm-hmm. So what really stood out for you? I'd, I'd say Barrett's three sacks. You know, that, that front, they were playing really well. You see here a great get-off, dip, rip, 
grab the back shoulder. See, he grabs the back of the arm there and pulls himself through for a sack. And then the next play here, this is two back-to-back sacks. You have Sue right next to you. The tackle puts his hands on Sue, and then Barrett goes and bull rushes the tackle right into the quarterback. And the door's open, he's right there for the sack. So, you know, Todd Bowles, he did, he's done a great job so far. Defensive background, I think that, you know, sky's the limit for that defense with him as, co- as, as the D.C. This could be big because be for big, years yeah. now it seems like that's yep. been the downfall for the Bucks. And how about this? Most of last night came without Devin White, fifth that's overall right. pick in mm-hmm. the draft. He hurt his knee early on in the game. Yep. Not just an adept player, but the communicator, right? He's right. the quarterback of that defense. Dodd Bowles hats off, so no JPP last night, no Devin White for most of the game. This defense it will probably not be the hallmark of this team, but they just needed to get to league average for them to have a chance this year, and the early returns are positive. And it really helped that Jameis Winston was solid because week one was rough. He really needed to have a good game. Absolutely. It's amazing what happens when the quarterback is able to, to, to protect the football. I mean, that's the number one job of the quarterback, right, is put your, your team in position by not turning the football over. And no one has ever questioned Jameis Winston's, you know, uh, his talent or his ability. It's always been – um, his decision making on the field and we saw last night when he's taking care of the football and combine that with the way the defense was playing the Bucks can the Bucks can go out there and win some games this year he should have had a touchdown pass too dropped in the back of the yeah. end zone it was a great throw yeah they have a tough road they've got the Giants but then Rams and Saints so we'll see oh, well, 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 listen know. listen I'm not saying yeah. the, I'm not saying the Bucks are going to be world beaters what I am saying is when you take care of the football you give yourself you give yourself an opportunity every week is he the third best quarterback in the division I would say so I mean the way Cam is right now Oof. Looks back. He looks rough. Their, yeah. looks rough. Yeah. Let's turn to some, some key injuries you've got your eye on week two. And let's start Houston on a short week. How's DeAndre Hopkins doing? He'll be fine, Susie. That's the good news. He's got a rib issue that's limited him during practice this week. But we know that DeAndre Hopkins has appeared plenty on the injury report in seasons past. You know what he does? Plays on Sunday and usually catches a touchdown pass. So no major concerns here for DeAndre Hopkins or his quarterback, Deshaun Watson, also on the injury list after getting beat up this past Monday night against the Saints. Let's keep it in the wide receiver tree here and go to Tyler Lockett, who missed practice on Wednesday because of a back issue limited on Thursday. Uh, Pete Carroll, their head coach, went on radio earlier on today, said he'll be fine to play on Sunday. And you know, it's always better to win ugly than lose, but the Seahawks have something to prove on Sunday going on the road to play Pittsburgh. One more wide receiver, unfortunately not such good news here, is Sterling Shepard for the Giants, who is out of the game on Sunday against the Bills because he is in the concussion protocol. He remains there right now. The top healthy wide receivers for the New York Giants. Well, it's a pretty desperate list right now. We're talking about players like T.J. Jones, perhaps Cody Latimer, Cody Core. It is a much different group than we are accustomed to seeing. For the Chargers, Mike Williams missed practice Wednesday, missed practice Thursday, back on the practice field this week as of today, just a few minutes ago, which is why you're seeing the updated status there. It's a knee issue. Anthony Lynn did say he was concerned, so we'll see if Williams actually gives it a go on Sunday. Now, Hollywood Brown, who had two touchdowns on just 14 snaps last week, is on the injury report again this week, a hip issue, did not practice today, but good news is that last week, He also didn't practice on Friday and didn't seem to impact him that much with back-to-back touchdowns to begin his NFL career. Should be a very good matchup against the Arizona Cardinals one more time. And then finally, a tight end to bring us on home. God, what a week it's been for the Redskins and injuries. Jordan Reed 
There was optimism earlier this week he'd play. Today he missed practice, still the concussion protocol. He is officially out for oh, Sunday brutal. against the Philadelphia Eagles. Vernon Davis, the ageless mm. one, steps into his spot. But look at the offensive playmakers right now for the Redskins. It's pretty barren. And Trent Williams, their best player, isn't on the field. Wow, that is brutal news. Brutal news for the Redskins. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. The Vikings will be at Lambeau this Sunday to take on the Packers. Minnesota fans will be hoping Kirk Cousins can keep his mojo going against Green Bay. Cousins has not lost a regular season game to the Packers and has thrown 10 touchdowns to just one interception. All right, talk about, like, knock on wood, Kirk, like right now that yeah, that exactly. holds true, right? Wood. All right, so welcome to the show. Yeah. Let's take a look back first at last week's big win over the Falcons. So you mentioned there the 10 passing attempts, fewest since Pop Warner. So how is it for you to try to get into a rhythm then in the game when you really do have that few attempts? Well, I didn't really have to get into a rhythm. We were running the football so well. Our defense was playing really well. Special teams made a big play for us that my job was pretty much to not screw it up, avoid the critical error. Uh, allow us to run the clock because by the time we got to the second half, the clock was, was really what we were fighting against. And, uh, you know, we just played smart, played conservative. And as long as we came out with a win, it wasn't really going to matter what the final numbers were. So I'll take it. And if all the games are like that, which they won't be, but if they all were, <laughs> I'd be I'd be just fine with it. And how great, right, that Dalvin Cook is healthy. I, I don't have to tell you, last year, a lack of a running game really dominated the narrative. And then last week, Cook with 111 yards and two touchdowns. So what's the right mix there? Because you want to be able to ride him, but you do want to be able to stay balanced. Yeah, I think it's being balanced, being multiple. I don't, I don't think in today's NFL you can drop back and throw it 50 times a game and expect to win week in and week out. And I don't think you can expect to throw it 10 times a game and win week in and week out. It's somewhere in the middle. You want to be a team that you know can establish a run game, can run when you need to in short yardage and at the goal line, but then can also drop back and throw it and convert third and longs and really be multiple and keep defenses off balance. And I think that's, that's the best offense in the league, the teams that can really do it all. So I'm wondering about this because you have a lot of offensive brain power there. Offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. Also, Gary Kubiak is there. Who's the key voice in your ear? Yeah, really the guy I spend the most time with is Clint Kubiak. So he's our quarterback coach. And uh, Kevin and Gary aren't in the quarterback room all that much. It's pretty much Clint is my line of communication. And then he refers to the higher-ups from there. So on the practice field, he's the first one in my ear talking to me, coaching me up. Um, and then from there, you know, we'll have Gary and Kevin obviously involved as well. But uh, uh, that's the beauty of a quarterback coach is you have a built-in guy right there to go to, and then everything else can go through him. This offseason, Vikings GM Rick Spielman said that you need to take it to the next level, and you agreed. You added that so far in your career you're a 500 quarterback. What do you focus on personally to try to take that next step? Honestly, the next step is winning. Um, and it's not, you know, 8-7-1 and one or whatever our record was last year is, is not good enough. Um, I'm not going to be quarterbacking in this league for a long time if I continue to be 500 or we continue to be 500. And so 
the focus is to win. Now, how you do that is a whole lot of things. Um, you know, my process in terms of making good decisions, taking care of the ball, managing the game, uh, you know, finding ways to lead our offense and create plays off schedule, all the things that you have to do as a quarterback, that really hasn't changed. I'll continue to do that. But I think it just comes down to in those, you know, final minutes of games when it gets really close, being able to find the inches and, uh, and find a way to, to make that play that makes the difference and puts you over the edge. And hopefully that leads to more wins. And if we do that, I think everybody will be pretty happy. Sunday, you've got the Packers. Head coach Matt LaFleur was your quarterback coach in Washington for two seasons. Were you tuned into that NFL opener, that Thursday night win that they had? Yeah, I'm a fan of football, so I love watching. I was watching that Thursday night, especially with a, you know, two divisional opponents. So I was tuned in, really happy for Matt when he got hired. I think he's a great coach and really an up and coming coach in this league and deserves the opportunity to be a head coach. So I texted him congrats after getting his first win as a head coach and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully he won't be getting his second one this, this Sunday. How does that impact your mindset when you know that the opposing coach knows you so well? Well, I think it goes both ways. I think we're familiar with one another. Um, he worked for Gary Kubiak, so he knows what we're trying to do somewhat, and, and I think vice versa. You know, Sean Mannion, our backup quarterback, was with him in 2017 with the Rams. So there's familiarity on both sides, and if you're in this league long enough, you're going to end up playing against a lot of coaches and players who have been with you and know you pretty well. So, um, you know, I don't know how much of a difference it really makes, but uh, – uh, you know, it's, it's fun to, as you grow in this league, to have more relationships across teams, across the league. It's fun to see the people who were, you know, just quarterback coaches in 2012 and 13 to now be head coaches. That's, that's pretty cool to see. And it makes for a great chess match. So, Kirk, we're going to bring in our guys, Field, Damian, and Rob, because Damian has a question for you. <laughs> great. Hey, Kirk, what's up, brother? Hey, man, listen. Congratulations on the win last week, but there was something trending out there, something that you were doing. What's this, what's this whole deal with this dad dance? I'm a dad. I need the, I need the 411 on, on the dad dance. But can you break it down to me? Well, last, so last year we did the dead arm dance, and that really came from Adam. He said that was a dance that he did back at Mankato State in college when you were at the house parties and Nobody in the state of Minnesota could really dance, so that was their dance to get by. Uh, and so I said, well, if I score today, I'm going to do it. And uh, and that was last year's dance. And then actually in the locker room before the game last week, I said, hey, if I score, I'm going to do a new dance. And I kind of just tried it out with him in the locker room. They said, okay. And so we tried another one last week when I scored on the QB sneak, and <laughs> Stefan Diggs was my hype man. Stefan Diggs is always right there. He's my hype man every time. <laughs> do it, do it. Uh, you want to rate that? Yeah, you feel. I mean, like for like for like offensive line, it's, it's, like, it's real dance. easy. All I'm doing yeah. is like just flinging my arms around. So <laughs> that's, it's pretty pretty. Right. You don't have to have a lot of rhythm to do this. There's it, some it seems technical like. dances no, out there know. that I can't do. I could do that one. And yeah. dance. It's cool. I don't know. The bar's been raised pretty high on celebrations though at the Vikings. Well, yeah, so. with the, yeah, with the Minnesota Vikings, the, yeah, we we expect a lot out of the Vikings. Yeah. So Kirk, yeah, we expect a lot. <laughs> Hey, Kirk, best of luck to you. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us here, and uh, we'll be watching you on Sunday. All right, we'll be following you as well. Have a great year. Thank you, Kirk. All right, so as the Vikings look to open 2-0, and we're going to get into some game picks involving NFC North teams. So, Damian, let's start right there. Vikings, Packers, what are you thinking? I got the Vikings 24-21. I, listen, it's Dalvin Cook. I, I, I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a huge year. Um, that that zone running scheme that Gary Kubiak employs with with the Minnesota Vikings, I think oh, this is a one cut, and once he gets into the open field, he is gone. Rob and I'm going Packers 21-10. You know, last week we saw 
how how stout that defense was against the Bears. I think they're going to have another great game. And, and they know going into this game, we need to stop the run. Speaking of the Bears, Bears at Broncos, Damian. I got the Bears, 21-17. Uh, this Bears defense, they're, they're ferocious. And we saw what, what the Oakland Raiders did with Joe Flacco in that offense. They were underwhelming. You don't think that Bears defense is going to feast on that? Woo, boy. Rob. And I got I have to go Bears 13-10. It's going to be a little closer. That week one performance, they're just burying that whole thing. And they're going to move on from that. So I think that they come out on top by three points. Damian, Chargers at Lions. How about 27-24? I think it's going to be it's going to be a nail biter. I think the game is in Detroit. Uh, listen, no Mar- no Melvin Gordon. How about Austin Eckler? How about those the running backs with the yeah. with the Los Angeles Chargers? It seems like they just don't miss a beat at all. And I'm going Chargers 28-14. Rivers is going to go to Detroit and just fire it all around that field right there. <laughs> Sorry, Matty P. I'm just <laughs> I'm just you know Rivers. He's tough. He's good. I mean. He's going to sling it all over. He's going to sling it all over. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's known to all be over the good. field. As the Friday edition of NFL Live rolls on, it's our Sunday showcase. The Saints take on the Rams in a rematch of last season's NFC Championship game, and that one fateful no call. Oh. Reese is going to throw right side. It is Lewis, and he's decked as the ball arrives. No penalty marker. What happened last year? Have you forgotten about it? Still haven't. Never will. The referee had a chance to make a uh, decision, and he made his decision. And as a team, we moved on. Mikel Roby Coleman got there early, but they'll keep it in their pockets, and they'll let the players decide. We all know what it looked like, and, and you know, obviously, we're, nobody's going to sit here and say that that wasn't a pass interference. You know, sometimes things don't go your way, and you got to find a way to come out better on the other side. That's a New Orleans problem. It's not an L.A. problem. Is Todd Gurley healthy enough mm-hmm. to be Todd Gurley? The Saints are the ones that are dealing with the frustration. This is two years in a row. They had a freaky, fluky play knock them out of being in the Super Bowl. The Saints and Rams have been mirror images of each other since 2017. Both have gone 27 and 10, including the playoffs. And only the Chiefs have a higher scoring offense than either team. In terms of head-to-head meetings, L.A. has won two out of three since Sean McVay arrived, including last season's NFC Championship. So this is obviously a huge matchup. We're going to give it our Sunday showcase treatment. So we're going to break it down position by position, kind of in a take-your-pick style. And keep in mind, this is only about Sunday's game. It's not about a career. So in this game, Damian, let's start with you and the quarterbacks. Who are you taking, Drew Brees or Jared Goff? I'm going to go with Jerry. I'm going to go with Drew Brees, I mean. I, I, I feel like they have the ultimate. Obviously, we know about Michael Thomas. He's going to get his – he's going to get his uh, – his, uh, his catches, but Alvin Kamara, I think that's to me is where the difference is going to be. I think they'll focus on trying to create mismatches with Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees is going to look his way a lot. So I'm going with Drew Brees in this in this matchup. 
And Rob, what about pass catchers? And I got to go with the Saints, too. And we all know this guy right here, Michael Thomas. He's great, okay? But you take Kamara. Yes, he's a running back, but he is a pass-catching running back. He's going to get out of the backfield. They're going to they're going to move him outside and have mismatches all over that field. And then let's not forget about Ted Ginn, who had that catch at the end of the game to put them in field goal position. Damian, the running backs. Yeah, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams uh, with Todd Gurley, and Malcolm Brown. Listen, we saw what in the second half what Todd Gurley was doing. They gave they gave him the ball. He produced big time. That New Orleans Saints rush defense got gashed by the Houston Texans, gave up 180 yards. Look for the Los Angeles Rams to really feed those guys. 51 snaps for Todd Gurley last week, 19 for Malcolm Brown. Maybe that split remains like that, even if Malcolm Brown was the one that finished off two of those drives with touchdown scores. And, Rob, you've got the defense. Let's dive in a little deeper here. Yeah, let's do a little telestration. But I'm gonna, I'm definitely picking the defense here. And I, and I think that pass rushing tandem that they have on that uh, that – that they both can do. Cam Jordan out there, pass rushing. The, the guy is tremendous. His ability to get to the quarterback and affect things. A lot of speed on the field for the Rams last Sunday. So another defense. Not that I don't, I don't think that you picking the Saints is an indictment of the Rams. We saw great speed. Corey Littleton making plays all over the field. But this game is one that, as much as we're talking about the offenses, last year it was sort of defined in the pivotal moments by the defense. It really helped side that NFC Championship face. Should be a great matchup again. Rams typically much, much better at home, even if they did win in New Orleans last year. So all that said, you guys get to pick the game. What are you thinking? I got the Saints, 35-31. Listen, a lot of it, points. A lot, like lot, lot of points. I, I feel like after – even though they're trying to downplay what happened last year, those type of emotions carry over to this game. I think the I think the Saints are going to be fired up for this game, and they'll they'll win in a squeaker. I'm going Saints, 31-28. It's going to be close, but it's going to be a very very emotional game yeah. for those guys. They're going to come out fired up, and you know that stadium. It's LA. It's a mixture of people. There's going to be a ton of LA. There are going to be a ton of LA fans that are having Saints jerseys on. I guarantee you that. <laughs> you know what, Jen, it took the Saints a little while to get going on offense last week, and they haven't really mixed in Jared Cook yet. Sure, they're yeah. really excited about him. Mm-hmm. Once he gets going with all those other weapons, that's right. Yeah, I'm on board with you guys. In celebration of the NFL's 100th season, we look back at this date in NFL history. September 13th, 1992. And for the first time in NFL history, there wasn't a single punt in a game. That's when the Bills outlasted the 49ers 34-31 at Candlestick Park. Steve Young threw for 449 yards and three touchdowns. And the Niners had a double-digit lead at the half. But Jim Kelly reached 400 yards passing in a regular season game for the only time in his career. It was Bill star Thurman Thomas who had the game-winning score with just over three minutes left in the fourth quarter. No punt to be seen. Okay, Tess, now new to NFL Live, ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese at Foxborough today, working the locker room after practice and talking to Julian Edelman, who said about Antonio Brown, an absolute stud raises the level with how hard he works. On to other matchups around the NFL. The reigning NFL MVP picked up right where he left off last season in week one. Patrick Mahomes was 16 of 20 for 313 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. Looking toward this week, Mahomes was asked about Sunday being his last regular season visit to Oakland before they moved to Vegas and the memories. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. I mean, you know that, especially with the rivalry and everything, that the history that the, the Chiefs and Raiders have. Uh, but it's going to be uh, cool to get out on that field. I'll get to say I played on the exact field my dad played on at one point. And so it'll be, uh, it'll be cool to have that experience and hopefully come out with a win. What have the conversations been like with your dad, like now that you guys are actually going to get to do that, playing in the same exact field? Yeah, I mean it's it's really cool when uh, when, we, when we when you think about it and when we talk about it. But I mean it, it's still just playing the sports that we loved, and uh, it's just worked out that way where we got to play on the uh, Sammy Zeke Field. That is so cool, isn't it? <laughs> Another interesting matchup: Bears at Broncos. It pits Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears offense against their former DC. Vic Fangio is now the head coach of the Broncos with all his years in the game and the familiarity. Jeez, you'd have to see Fangio seeing it all. So what's the game plan? We got to mix it up a little bit. Um, got to do some things that he won't expect and just try to keep him off balance. And we want to dictate the tempo, how they're reacting to us, and just do things that um, that he won't expect necessarily. He's a great defensive mind, and we have a lot of respect for that. But we got we got a job to do, and we got to make sure we do our job in offense. A few other teams are seeking revenge for tough losses from last year. The Packers host the Vikings in this matchup last year. Controversial roughing the passer call on Clay Matthews negated a game-winning pick for Green Bay. The Patriots visit their South Beach House of Horrors. Last year's 69-yard Miami Miracle was the longest walk-off score in the Super Bowl era. And, of course, the Saints head to L.A. looking to avenge their NFC title game loss. That game had a play that you've probably seen a time or two before. In fact, a few times on this show already. We are now calling this the matchup game as we dissect some of the compelling and telling matchups of week two. So you've got the grudge match of the weekend, right? What, what do you think is the best, like, old guy coming back to his former team? How about how about Terrell Suggs? Ooh, how about that? That's T- interesting. T- Sizzle coming back, like, all those years Off in Baltimore, the and then you get cast aside by the Baltimore Ravens, and now as an Arizona Cardinal, Oh, I gotta put, I gotta play my former team. Revenge. You don't revenge game. You don't think T Sizzle's gonna show out? Oh, he's gonna be ready to go. Ready to go. Few pass rushers have ever done more for a franchise. Suggs had 132 and a half sacks with the Ravens. Only Bruce Smith and Michael Strahan have had more for a single team since sacks became official in 1982. Wow. Suggs was asked about facing his former teammates. Three hours on Sunday, that is my opponent. So I can't really say it's going to be all lovey-dovey before the game. I want to win. Um, after that, we'll, we'll see what happens. So you're right in the middle. Mm. Where are you going? Are you going with, with T-Sizz or his old team? Think about the I, age now. Think about the age. I, hey, listen, I love you, Chief Sizzle. <laughs> Man, oh. but look, them boys, yeah. the Ravens, I don't know if you've you seen Lamar Jackson. Well, I'm sure you watch plenty of tape of Lamar Jackson, but that boy good, okay? And Hollywood Brown. <laughs> Man, y'all got to yeah. contend with that. Good luck. I'm glad I don't have to play against that. Rob, what's your perfect matchup in week two? You know, perfect matchup. I'd have to go with Dalvin Cook in the Vikings running game versus the Packers defense because we saw week one opening night, that defense for the Packers, it has a new look to it, right? They brought in some new people. They did a great job against Chicago. Now, is it a one-week fluke thing? Or are they going to be able to stop the run consistently? And I think it's going to be a big test. So that that's going to be the two best-on-best best matchups Who's going to come out on top? I, we'll all find out. But I, I personally think 
that it's not a fluke. And I think the Packers are on to something here. They're on to something, and they're going to be able to shut down that running game. So you are right in so the I'm middle coming, now. I'm coming, but you are... Where am I at? I'm coming here. Okay. I'm not good at that, but i got to go with Green Bay. I think they're going to do that two weeks in a row. They're going to stop the run. Field, on the flip side of that, the biggest mismatch in week two. Did you watch Monday Night Football, Susie? You were I, there. I you were right there in the flesh to see Deshaun Watson, his offensive line, basically find no way to stop that New Orleans pass rush. Now, who do they get? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, one note. Ooh. Yannick Ngakwe is out of this game because of a hamstring injury. But who does that leave? Well, only Calais Campbell and Josh Allen, seventh overall pick in this year's draft. Taven Bryan, a first-round pick last year. A bunch of other horses up front for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that a lot of this is on the offensive line that we saw from Houston. Deshaun Watson, the internal clock's got to speed up very fast. you got to be thinking precision and efficiency, getting this football out quick. And as you see right there, statistically, it's a mismatch. So we know left tackle Laramie Tunsil yep. had only been with the team a handful of days and then Bill O'Brien decided that he didn't want to take a risk of playing Titus Howard, their first-round draft pick, in New Orleans, in the Dome. He had a cast mm. on his hand, couldn't really yeah, take care of business. That would have been He'll a be back look. this week. He'll be back, yep. but still, you've got very unfamiliar left side of that line. And Damian can tell you about this much better than I can. Offensive line plays about ability, but it is about cohesion, familiarity, and a rhythm amongst five players. Yep. Five yep. guys working together is better better than you know three elite talents and two replacement level guys working as one big yeah, collective. That's a challenge. There's other, another really great matchup to watch for in this game. Cornerback, wide receiver, right? Yeah. Andre oh, yeah. Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey. And Ramsey had this to say about Hopkins. He had a 99 overall rating on Madden. That's damn near unguardable on Madden. <laughs> it's pretty much like that in real life, too. There is a ton of mutual respect between these two guys, which is really fun. I mean, usually there's a lot of, you know, like, darn back and forth. No, they, like, total mutual respect. Doesn't it kind of tell you everything you need to hear when Jalen Ramsey, who is not afraid to call anybody out, just basically says, this dude's the truth. By the way, no A.J. Boye for the Jaguars in this game. So the top cornerback, top wide receiver matchup is, of course, these two players. And by the way, Hopkins has, like, burned the heck out of him. Yeah. <laughs> in case you are just checking in with NFL Live, it's a good time to go on the field. Field Yates with updates around the league. Field, you have one minute on the clock, and I bet you're starting with Antonio Brown. Sure are, Susie. And remember, the Patriots play in Miami on Sunday. They will travel tomorrow. Antonio Brown's expected to travel with the team. And as of right now, looks likely to play on Sunday with the Patriots. This will be his NFL, or excuse me, his Patriots debut, not on the commissioner's exemplist as of this moment. Now, moving forward here, Joe Mixon, Bengals running back, officially listed as questionable for the game on Sunday against the 49ers. He returned to practice in a limited capacity. It's our first year with Zach Taylor as a head coach, and we're still getting a feel of how questionable guys really are when they are listed as such on the injury report. It's an ankle issue for Mixon suffered in week one. Sterling Shepard, he's officially out for week two because of a concussion that was suffered last week in the game against the Cowboys. He played all but one snap last week, so there wasn't a, uh, a immediate onset impact for him with this concussion, but of course the Giants still trying to figure out their way with wide receivers, but no Sterling Shepard for him. Eric Fisher, by the way, Chiefs offensive tackle, heard him practice today. Something to keep an eye on for Sunday. Well done, Field. Back over here with Damian and Rob for more game picks. Let's start with Seahawks Steelers, Damian. I'm going to go with Steelers. Uh, 24-20. And 
it's hard coming off that Patriots loss because they got absolutely throttled. I want to go with the I want to go with the Steelers pass rush. At, at some point with the Steelers, it's, the defense is going to have to come alive, form some type of identity. I think the pass rush to me is going to be that that's going to be the difference. Rob. Woody, I love you, but I got to go the opposite way, and I got to go Seahawks 27-17. When I watched the Steelers in that first game, they looked terrible on offense. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't know if they're going to figure it out that quickly, but I know Seattle, they're always well-coached, and they got a great quarterback. So I think they're going to go take that win. Talking quarterbacks, young QB special, Cardinals, Ravens. Oh, yeah, this is easy for me. I got the Ravens 28-13. Listen, this, this Lamar Jackson show is going to continue. Um, that, that rushing attack is legit with Mark Ingram. And then to be able to drop the ball over defense head with Hollywood Brown, that's going to be a scary formula for a lot of teams. And I'm with the Ravens as well, 31-13. Last year, everyone was asking me, who's going to be the best quarterback out of the five that are drafted? I said Lamar Jackson is going to be number. He's going to be the best. You have it on record. I said it. So he's out there. He's proven it right now. He's going to continue to do that in this game right here, 31-13. Chiefs at Raiders, no Tyreek Hill. No Tyreek Hill. I still have the Chiefs, 31-24. Listen, I, Patrick Mahomes is, is just unbelievable. We saw what... Sammy Watkins did. Sammy Watkins even looks healthy. He really came alive, alive in that offense. And as long as you got Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball, you'll be just fine. I'm going with the Chiefs as well. 31-24. We talk all day about Mahomes, right? Can he continue to get better? Yes, he can. And I think Travis Kelsey, the tight end, kind of quiet. He's going to have a big game. Eagles at Falcons, Damian. Yeah, I got the Eagles 30-21. And Carson Wentz, a plethora of weapons. On the outside, you got uh, you got Zach Ertz at the at tight end position. Dallas Goddard. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey. They have Sean a lot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even mention Deshaun Jackson. I'm, I'm letting Rob I'm take going that. with Deshaun Jackson. Rob with that. I'm trying to steal my thunder. No, I'm Deshaun letting Jackson. you have that layup. <laughs> my fault. And I'm going with the Eagles as well. 23-17. I think that they're going to get it done. Deshaun Jackson. He's reinvigorated. Yes. Is the word correct? Yep. Yes. He is back home. And he's out there flying around making plays. The guys agreed on five other games this week. Damien and Rob both have the Titans, Cowboys, Texans, Bengals, and Bills. And you'll notice there that one of those scores even is exactly the same. It will be a regular part of the lineup here on the Friday NFL Live. Damien's dumpster fire defined as... A laughably poor performance usually caused by lack of planning, preparation, or talent. So, uh, in this week's edition, the Browns are going to get mm. the treatment, and I think even they would say that they deserve it. Damien, you could go in so many directions here. It's all you. Oh, Susie, I'm feeling dangerous right now. Baker Mayfield, you can't, you said it perfectly. It all started this offseason. Okay, you go out there, you guys traded for Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, he's the generational talent. He's going to be the guy that's going to bring another aspect to the uh, to the Cleveland Browns. You got Freddie Kitchens elevated up to the head coach who was a position coach at one point, And you guys thought, oh, man, we got a dream team here in Cleveland. A dream team. We going to the Super Bowl. We doing all of that. But you guess, but guess what? Mike Vrabel and the Titans, they came in swinging, swinging. Because you know why? Because you can talk a good game, Cleveland Browns, but you got to go out there and play ball, okay? That boy Delaney Walker told you guys, all we try, everybody out here and all the people here at ESPN, uh, yeah, I'm calling out ESPN too. 
because everybody here is ready to, cl- to crown Cleveland. Guess what? I was out here. I said, well, no, we're not going to crown Cleveland because what the hell has the Cleveland Browns done since they've been in existence? You guys haven't won anything, and then you go out there and you get smoked. You get smoked with 43 to 13. The Tennessee Titans with Marcus Mariota, who's basically fighting for his job, fighting for his existence in the National Football League. And the boys came into Cleveland and just clowned you guys, stumped all over you. Three interceptions by Baker Mayfield. And then you know what? Y'all boys just got a little bit of that humble pie. Y'all got a little bit of that humble pie. Coach Belichick used to say, man, you got to feed him a little bit of that humble pie. And that's exactly what the Cleveland Browns got right now. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing, though. This might be y'all reprieve. Because guess what? Y'all playing another dumpster fire this week. All right? We, 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 that might be something I might get into next week with the New York Jets and the whole Sam Donald, Mono, and all those type of things. But for this week, I'm not letting y'all off the hook because y'all been talking too much noise all summer long, opening up the season, and then y'all get so about 30 points at home. So, yes, Cleveland Browns, you guys are in a dump spot. But let me also, let me also bring this to your attention. Okay, you see, you see the, all these watches right here. Okay, Odell Beckham Jr., you talked about the watch, why everybody making a big deal out of it. You literally got a house payment on your, uh, the, the cost of a house on your arm, and you didn't expect that any of us would be talking about it. All right, you know what I do to these type of watches? I just have a little Apple watch on my arm, okay, because that's just what it is. But when you play like trash the way that y'all play like it, I got to throw, throw all of that in the, in the trash can. All right, so... Week one, y'all start out the gate. Week one, dumpster fire. Let me know what y'all going to do moving Rob, forward. Help, help me cool them down. We got a long no, way I'm to not, go. No, we I'm got not, a long not, way to no, go. I'm not ready to cool off yet. You know what? I could use a little hydration. But I'm telling water. you, I, a little hydration. Low, but I'm going to tell you. High-quality H2O. Yeah, a little high-quality H2O. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It's a long season. Long yeah. season. And Cleveland, don't make me put y'all back on the dumpster fire Ooh. because it's going to be here to stay. I'm telling you that right now, Susie. By the way. By the way, I have meetings with both the Browns and the Jets coming up this weekend in advance of Monday Night Football. Hold on, let me fill you off. Here he's a little hot. It, it could be an inferno at MetLife Stadium. Be, right? yeah. Literally. Listen, the words of Damian Woody do not represent everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to look forward to that kind of passion every Friday. Here's the latest news on Antonio Brown, his seventh day as a member of the New England Patriots. And recapping what we told you earlier. The NFL will not place Brown on the commissioner's exempt list, sources told Adam Schefter, making him eligible to play Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. ESPN NFL Nation's Patriots reporter Mike Reese is with the team, just spent time in the locker room. Mike, what are players saying about how Antonio Brown is fitting in? Well, Susie, you're right. I was just in the locker room after Brown's third practice with the team. His locker, which is two away from Tom Brady, had a travel bag packed with uh, all sorts of things to head down to Miami. Here's what two of his new teammates had to say about what they've seen from him on the practice field. I think he's doing, uh, he's doing well. I mean, the dude's absolute stud. Um, he's a really good football player, and I think he raises the level. Um, you know, for everyone out there because of how good of a player he is and how hard he works. I think as we all know, dedicated player, one of the hardest working guys in the league. He's coming here every day doing the same thing. I mean, you know, he's lived up to the great Antonio Brown name. He's one of the best in the league. So I think he, we expect that from him to continue. And he's, I think, expects it of himself. So it's a great addition. We're glad to have him. 
I also caught up with Captain Devin McCourty, uh, now in his ninth year as a captain, and I said, you know, what has it been like the last three days with Antonio Brown? And he told me it's been business as usual, just all about football, and he said really the way it is when any other player comes into the locker room. But, of course, Susie, this is a lot different than most situations. Right, business as usual. That part is not surprising. So they are all speaking for Antonio Brown. Mike, when might we hear from A.B. himself? Well, just to give you a feel, Susie, when we go into the locker room, even today, the last couple days, you know, Brown's locker is closed up and he's nowhere to be found. He hasn't walked through at any point when reporters are there, so he hasn't addressed reporters. Now, there's a good chance he's going to play in this game Sunday, and if he does... That would be the time we would likely hear from him. Nothing confirmed at this point, but right now that's what you're looking forward to. Uh, him going down to Miami, looks like he's going to do that with the team. And then if he plays, that would be the first time we'd likely hear from him. Mike, terrific work with the Patriots as always. All right, one more note on this game. Damian and Rob, <laughs> Patriots, Dolphins. I'm, I'm kind of guessing you're picking the Patriots. Let's focus more on the score. 45-10. I think it could be it could be a whopper of a score uh, with everything going that's going on in Miami. You take your pick as to what area that where it could be just a bad matchup. It's all it's all over the place. I'm, I, it's going to be a lot to a little, and you know, <laughs> B flow. I love B flow, but it, it's yep. tough. First year, they don't have a lot of pieces that they need, and the Patriots are loaded in all phases. They're loaded, um, so going to be a lot too little so i'm gonna go 42 to 7 okay 40 40 to say that's not bad right i think what you guys are saying though is a point well taken 59 to 10 last week a couple of injury updates for the dolphins no rashad jones now when he's healthy he is a very talented safety no albert wilson who played six snaps last week four targets julian davenport acquired recently in a trade with the houston texans placed on injured reserve Look at the pieces in place right now. Like, seriously, you guys got to wear name tags around the locker room in Miami right like now. Here's a question. To 10, I'm, I'm you want question, that? though. Would, would, would they run up the score on a previous coach? I, I, with, well, respect, I, what, with respect? The fact that Bill and, and Brian Flores' relationship, would, do you think Bill would run up the score? It depends as on how it ends. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm just saying, no. It's, <laughs> I don't think he would run it up. Yeah, historically, it up. the Patriots always have trouble early in the season down in Miami in the heat. Probably not this Sunday. The only thing I'm buying is, you know, probably just got to watch out for the cheap shots and the dirty hits and all the things that he likes to teach. I mean, I, if I was a coach, I would never teach what he teaches, but that's just him and what he does. So, I mean, you know, I had players on this team telling me that that's what he was telling them to do, um, take me out of the game, and it's preseason. So you just you just know who he is. Odell who? That was a joke. <laughs> that was Jerry. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, those are the things. I think there's been several players. I just found out about it, but we've got several players that have already come out and, you know, that have mentioned things about that. We don't do that. I've never done that anywhere I've been. Uh, we don't do anything to hurt the team. It's, it's the number one primary thing. If you're committing penalties, you're doing those type of stuff. We just don't do it. And, you know, and you guys are cooperating, giving him attention. Just don't give him attention, you know. And, it just is what it is. Is it discouraging on some level? Though? He is one of the he's one of the most dynamic players in the league for him. Either. That's your opinion. He's one of what, the what, that, what, what, what's New York's opinion? The Giants' opinion. What did What did the Giants do? Don't Giants. don't. So that, that's not a question for me. Ooh, 
okay. Mm. Um, reaction. So can we recap the recap? So Odell says that a guy who was suspended by the league for a year involving Bounty Gate coaches his players to do dirty things. Like sort of a statement of fact, right? And this is what Greg Williams retorts with. All I'm just going to say is be careful what you wish for. Don't poke the bear. And if Odell has 200 receiving yards on Monday night, don't be surprised. Why can't they just not say anything? <laughs> it's like, why stir the pot like that? Why, Greg, go back at Odell who? Like, what's the point? Because they're not the Patriots, Rob. <laughs> You're right. You are right. So there's no like, bulletin board. You say bulletin board material? Like, just pin it up there? Odell who? Odell who? Man, I wish I had some popcorn right now. Because <laughs> I would be just like this. So Monday night, huh? Just eating popcorn, watching, o- watching Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Thank you for the setup. Is it a, psych- is it a psychological It's our battle? Monday night football game. <laughs> Kick off <laughs> just Susie after 8 p.m. Eastern. And we'll see you. It takes to preview it all. In time, enjoy the weekend. The 